Welcome to Radio B&R, a podcast production of the Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. Radio B&R, keeping Tennessee Baptists informed about the issues impacting their lives and churches. Hello and welcome into this edition of Radio BNR. I'm Chris Turner, Director of Communications at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. And today I'm speaking with Dave Howeth, who is a NAM SEND missionary to the city of Denver. But Dave, first, thanks for being a part of our podcast. And second of all, it's actually more than Denver. Explain a little bit about uh, where it is that, that you cover and what it is your responsibility is there in Colorado. Sure. Thanks, Chris. Yeah, it's great to be part of this. Uh, Send Denver is more than just Denver because when they defined the boundaries, they selected our region in terms of what's known as the front range from Fort Collins to Colorado Springs with Denver in the hub. So that's about four and a half million people wow. out of the five and a half that are in the whole state. So that's 80% of the state's population. That's along what we call I-25 or the Front Range. That's about 120 miles. So that's, I mean, there's just a lot of diversity that's in that. And you had mentioned as well, uh, just a little while ago before we started the podcast, that you really see that diversity of people and the mix of people at a Colorado's Rockies game of all places. Explain a little bit about uh, what you were saying about Rockies games and the mix of people that are, are, are actually in Colorado. Yeah, it's, Denver's a very fascinating area. The Denver metro area is a little over 3 million people. And uh, the population that's there, 70% uh, of the 3 million are roughly what we refer to as domestic immigrants. They are immigrants that have come from the other 48, 49 states that have moved to Denver. Because Denver's a place of escape. It's a destination city. And so people love moving there, working there, doing life there, the quality of life. So that probably is most uh, manifested and pictured when you go to a Rockies baseball game. So like if, if the Chicago Cubs come to town, since you're a Cubs fan, and, and everything, you'll find there's a little, the needle will tip a little bit more to Cub fans being there than Rocky fans. And that's because they're from Chicago, Chicagoland, Illinois, or wherever. Yeah. Same thing with my Cardinals. When we go to a Cardinal game, there's like 50-50 split because a lot of people are from Missouri and Kansas and those areas, and they migrated and moved to Denver. And so as a result, the Colorado baseball uh, games many times reflect the culture that's in Denver and along the Front Range as their transplants. Well, and, and talk a little bit about that culture, just the spiritual need, uh, the spiritual lostness, and really what you're finding in Colorado as it relates to kingdom work. Yeah, you know, I think every city, every city, every community, from a missionary standpoint, a missiology standpoint, we look to find out what the idols are. And so there's many different idols there because when I, you know, even when I've spoken in Tennessee churches or other groups, I'll say, when you think of Denver, what do you think of? Of course, they used to say Peyton Manning, but now it's like, hey, the Denver Broncos, whatever. But bottom line, the number one idol that's in our city uh, and the people that are there is really the outdoors. Mm. People move there for the outdoors. That, the, the creation is what 
drives those folks there. And so people have looked at Denver as a place of escape where they, they don't move, they move there to get a job, but they move there to go skiing, hiking, kayaking, fishing, the all job these other is, the, the job is just the thing to sustain doing what it is that they really want to do. It is, but the problem is there's a little bit of a downside to that because when they get there, they discover a couple of things. One is they move there so they could do all the recreating and do it in the outdoors. However, when they get there, they discover that it costs more than they ever imagined. They have to work more than they ever thought, and they have less uh, uh, income to go ahead and spend on these things that they thought mm. they would spend more time with. So as a result, there's a little bit of disillusionment that's there. So their margin, when they do get margin in their life, they're gone to the mountains, to skiing, to hiking, biking, and all the different things that they've come to do there. But at the same time, there's a vacuum and there's a spiritual darkness and emptiness with many people. So our culture is mainly post-Christian and in some places pre-Christian. Yeah. And and so there's many, many spots in neighborhoods or different parts of our city like Boulder and others that are very much pre-Christian and are pretty proud of their atheist or agnostic kind mm. of beliefs. Yeah. And they really want, they really don't want anything to do with organized religion let alone the church, but they are very spiritually minded. So it allows us and our planners and others as we train and work with them to learn how to engage lost people, not by inviting them to church, but maybe invite them to Jesus before they ever get yeah. invited to church. Well, and for, for Tennessee Baptists that might be listening to this podcast, you are not unfamiliar to many Tennessee Baptists who worked with you also in Montana. Mm -hmm. So, Talk a little bit about what some of the similarities are and what some of the differences are between what you saw in Montana and what you see in Colorado. Yeah, no, no great question. I, I think, you know, in many respects, there really isn't much difference in terms of mindset. Because again, um, it, you know, in Montana, there is that, there is that outdoor, there's mm -hmm. that autonomy, that independence, and we find that very much in Denver. Yeah, for some reason when I think of Montana, I always think of the old Marlboro Man commercial. Yeah, right. you know, like the rancher out there with his straw and his, you know, out kind of in the snow kind of thing, a rugged man kind of deal. So And 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 it may not be, but you know, we're the Mecca for millennials. So you mm -hmm. don't picture somebody, a young millennial in that kind of a right, mode. Right. But he comes with a bike. That's right, a Jeep, <laughs> and and and, uh, and and just a small car and yeah. a small apartment, and he anybody's he wants to live a very autonomous yeah. kind of life. He he he's looking for relationships, but he doesn't want too much that's deep. But he wants to be able to do his own thing. So how do you crack that equation? As as you look at you know you're there obviously to see. Uh, people come to Christ, the church take root, and to see the Great Commission reach Colorado. How do you crack that? Because I sense that four spiritual laws is not going to do it. Yeah, well, again, in an area where, again, Western United States, Montana, Colorado, those places, we've never experienced a spiritual awakening. There's, there's been pockets of revival, but there's never been an awakening that have, that's ever come to the West. The only, the only group that migrated West for religious purposes were the Mormons. Mm -hmm. But all the other groups that are out there, there's not a lot. And so the soil out there is really, 
really hard. Yeah. Whereas in Tennessee, you guys were part of the great second great awakening that really, that really softened the soil, that's helped create the culture, the great culture, the spirituality, the great volunteer spirit that's in the volunteer states. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, Tennessee needs to be applauded for that. In Colorado, what really is there is this vacuum. So we really need this sense of prayer saturation so that we can go ahead and do gospel saturation, mm, yeah. which leads to new birth, making disciples, and churches are going to be born out of that. Yeah. That's really kind of our strategy because the only thing to look at is Jesus talked about four soil types. Well, we're kind of the rocky soil or we're really the hard soil, yeah. and there is some thorny. But there's not a lot of good soil there because there's not been the pre-work that's been done. Mm -hmm. And so as a result, when we talk about church planning and the priority of that, that really is before you plant, you have to first and foremost plow. Yeah. And that's where praying, that's where churches, that's where mission teams coming and helping to do the plowing activity so the gospel seed can be planted is really, really important. Yeah, and speaking of the importance of that and churches having that opportunity, uh, your area there in Colorado is an area that we as Tennessee Baptists have a partnership with. You were partners with Tennessee Baptists when you were in Montana. Just talk a little bit about the value of those types of, of partnerships with state uh, conventions, state mission boards, and the opportunity for churches to participate in a, in a mission project here in the United States. No, well, first of all, Tennessee Baptists are great. We are so thankful for the partnership with Tennessee. It is it is a tremendous partnership, and the spirit of the people that are made up of those churches are incredible. And uh, the value of that, it's just, there's story after story after story we could tell, but mm -hmm. it's been a great partnership. And and namely, it's it's been a great partnership with, with churches and pastors coming out to Denver and being part of these vision tours, mm -hmm. where they come out for two or three days and meet with, you know, six, eight, nine different planners and try to find that match. Because every pastor, having served, been a pastor, been a planner, you're looking for that Acts 1-8 strategy. You have that Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the innermost parts. Well, Denver is the Samaria. Mm -hmm. And so this can become, as we call, kind of the affordable mission trip, right. where they can come from Nashville, Memphis, Knoxville, to Denver, bring their people, and participate by adopting and partnering as a supporting church with a planter to go ahead and pray for them and then come and bring teams to help do hands and feet ministry in the community. And that's really huge for our planters because the people in our communities where the planters are planting, um, those people either have a bad taste in their mouth about the church mm. or they have no knowledge of the church. And so when people come from Tennessee to help work with a church planter in a community, either with a kids camp or serving or doing something in that neighborhood. The people of the community that are lost look at that and go, why would you come yeah. and do this? It just, it, it's beyond their imagination that somebody would take vacation time, spend their money, fly to Denver, come to their neighborhood and serve like that. And people who have been on a mission trip either across the country or someplace else in the world 
that's not an uncommon question for, for them to have been asked, is people don't have a category for understanding why people would give all that to go. And even in that, it's a great opportunity for them to give a testimony, not only through their service, but verbally through uh, serving the Lord and just loving people. So. It is. And, and it's, it's, that's where planners, a lot of times, when they're planning the gospel in a neighborhood and they have a team from Tennessee that comes and is working with them, to have them come out a couple of times and do that, it just, they get so much credibility built and they're able to advance the gospel a little bit more because now here's 10 or 12 people that have come mm -hmm. and it's like this suddenly becomes a display of God and his glory and the grace and the gospel right here. Why would these people do this? It's like it's Jesus. It's Jesus mm -hmm. in them. And it's like that's undeniable. Yeah. And you could preach to them on street corners all day long, but that act of kindness and yeah. touch of love is just blows them away in a culture in our in our post-christian and pre-christian culture mm -hmm. that says hey we really care about our community and we really care about people and these are tangible ways we're showing this yeah and it, it you know for somebody who's coming they might think they need to do something big and large and really it's just that small which is actually big expression of service and love that really communicates in a culture like that you're talking about in Colorado where there, there is no expression of the love of Christ lived out in, in a ubiquitous, ubiquitous way the way we see it in Tennessee. So what are the, some of the types of things that if a volunteer team from a church in Tennessee came, what are the types of things that they would be able to help a church planner with there in Colorado? Well, first of all, what we try to do is match up a church with a planter so that we make sure that there's a good contextual fit. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's, it really is based upon what the best contextual ways are to serve that community. So like in a suburban community, there might be kids camps, sports camps, things of that nature where, where the, the team that's coming from Tennessee is putting on those kind of camps. And then, then doing multiple block parties. Mm -hmm. And what's so stinking amazing about uh, Denver is Denver is planned. They have like more parks in the metro area of wow. Denver. So there are hundreds of thousands of parks all over the place. So planners setting up and using parks, which become the common ground and yeah. neutral zones to, for the community to come together for a block party and camp, people in those communities come and they'll thank the planner and the pastor and go, hey, thank you for doing this. I didn't know my neighbor. Yeah. Hey, thank you for doing this. So again, there are those kind of things. Or in some of our places hmm. in the city of Denver, in the neighborhoods, um, and again, we have almost, uh, you know, we have 700,000 people that live in Denver City, which is amazing, and all these parks, but people coming together, and whether it's a block party or community service project or something where they're doing tangible ministry mm -hmm. in areas like local schools, like painting or serving or feeding teachers or putting together care packages or backpacks yeah. for the kids. You know, all those kind of things are tangible ways that adds value in the community and, and that really, really uh, creates a, a real positive image in the community. So it's a matter of a team coming and being able to find out what's best going to advance the gospel ball in that neighborhood or in that community.
That's really, really important. And it doesn't have to be a large team. Some of our planners, they don't want 40 or 50 right. people showing up. Right. They want a group of about eight or 10 yeah. uh, that are coming. And so we've got some great Tennessee churches that have adopted planners, and they're coming two or three times during the year with a different group of people. So the church is having like making three or four trips to the yeah. city and, and helping with events, but they're different types of events. Which even, even that, a church that picks a place and they decide they're going to invest in that place and make multiple trips, those people began to build relationships with the people in that area, not just the, the church planner that's out there. And just that recurring uh, relationship is also a positive thing, I would imagine, for you know, the work that the church planner is doing on a daily basis, but for those relationships to be built. Plus, it really puts a face with the, the need, as you mentioned earlier, for prayer. Yeah. When you've made a relationship with somebody, you're not just praying for all the people in Denver. You're praying for that individual that's in a particular neighborhood that a church planner is trying to reach. I would imagine that a place for a church to start that might be interested would probably be to contact Kim Margrave at the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. They can. Uh, so Kim's email address is kmargrave, M-A-R-G-R-A-V-E, at tmbaptist.org. Or I can, I imagine they can probably contact you mm -hmm. as well. So what's your information? Hey, if they just go denver at nam.net. That's the quickest way. Okay. That, that email is generated right to my email box, or they can give me a call or whatever. My, my information's on the NAM website for the city of Denver. So as you look over the next um, year, two years, three years, what is it that you would like to see, at least in this short term, that leads to long term? What are, what are some of the things that you guys hope to see happen within a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, that, that you'll know that there's beginning to get some traction with uh, where things are going? You know, the city of Denver is our biggest area. You know, the closer we keep getting to the urban core of mm -hmm. our cities, I think that's true for Knoxville, Nashville, and Memphis. You, you, when you get closer to the core, we see greater density and we see fewer churches. Mm. And in Denver, our city of 700,000 and growing rapidly, it's one of the fastest growing cities in the country. Uh, we only had 13 SBC churches for 700,000 people, wow. which is one church for about 55,000 people. Yeah. That's incredible. And so now we've, we've seen seven new planters coming into our city to plant. So we're getting up to around 20 churches, but we're not keeping up with the growth. Yeah. So we want to see more churches planted in the city of Denver. That's really important. That's, that's really, really important to see that happening. And for each of our planners, having partner churches to come along and adopt these guys to pray for them, send teams and help provide would be amazing. The other great need is our people groups. Mm. Uh, you know, we have 106 different people groups in the Denver metro area. Wow. And so we see the next five to 10 years that the greatest opportunity um, is to plant the gospel and plant churches with people groups that are yet reached with the gospel. Because as we all know, the nations have come to our cities. And that's true even in a Western yeah. city like Denver. But we don't have a lot of work with Nepalese or Bhutanese, Ethiopians. So even in Tennessee, just partnering with some of your leaders to say, hey, what people groups are you reaching? Maybe you can come with your folks yeah. and come and do that. We had a Zomi pastor that came, we sat down 
uh, with a Zomi pastor from Nashville here a couple of years ago. And he came in and he handed us the documents signed off by the Tennessee Baptist Association and everything else. And so his pastor to all was sitting right there and he was in Aurora trying to plant a church in his little house because they couldn't meet on and find a place to meet. So he was meeting in his little apartment with 35 people that were Zomis and and that's a people group. And so it was through that relationship with Tennessee Baptist, them coming and, and helping us and identifying this is a people group and there's a church already there. And now they're planning a church up in Greeley, Colorado, which is part of our Sin, Sin City reach yeah. as well. So, and to all is giving, giving leadership to that. So those areas of trying to reach the, the nations that are moving into our city and our Muslim population, et cetera, is really, really important. Well, and to back up something you said about the, the population density per church, per, you think about Tennessee, almost all of our cities are less than 50,000 people. So that basically equates to maybe a church in all of our, one church, Baptist church, in all of our cities across Tennessee, except for our largest mm-hmm. uh, cities. So obviously the need is significant. Uh, most people are not gonna go to a church of 50,000 and they're not gonna travel very far. We, I mean, we know that even from our culture within the buckle of the Bible belt, mm-hmm. that the more difficult it is to get the church, the less likely somebody's going to go. And so the best way to even that out is to plant more churches. So, well, Dave, thanks so much for uh, participating with us. Uh, Tennessee Baptist, let's be praying uh, for Colorado and uh, especially the greater Denver area. And uh, then contact and find out a way to, uh, to get your church involved with uh, reaching that area, especially with a partnership already in place. There's a pipeline there, and so let's take advantage of it. Dave, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Chris. Thank you, Tennessee Baptist. We love you. Thank you for listening to Radio B&R, a podcast production of The Baptist and Reflector, the official news journal of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board. This and other episodes can be downloaded at baptistandreflector.org forward slash radio BR. The ministries of the Tennessee Baptist Mission Board are supported through the cooperative program and gifts received through the Golden Offering for Tennessee Missions. For more information, visit tnbaptist.org.